It's good to see you. There you go. Hey, uh, it's uh, summertime, but uh, something big happened this week. Uh, what was it? Was it, uh, was it? Was it school? Is that what happened this week? No. Yeah. So all the parents went, woo! And all those kids went, <laughs> and all the teachers went. <laughs> hey, I'm so excited you are here. We are starting a new series. Uh, just a quick two-weeker here. Hey, there's a dice down here. I got I to gotta get rid of this right now or my ADD is going to go nuts. I got to just put this over here and I would have fallen. Hey, we're a two-week series. Uh, excited you're here to, to just get here at the kind of the start of the story, the beginning of the chapters that we're going to kind of walk through. Uh, this is a series that we do intentionally at this time period every year because this is something that is so key, so key uh, to what we're trying to do here, to what I believe Jesus was all about in his ministry, and what I believe is so important and key to full life, to really finding the full life that we talk about a lot here, John 10.10 10 type stuff that Jesus brought to offer. So I want you to just have this, this one thought that's going to kind of be the, the thought for the next two weeks. It's the thing that I want you to be processed and thinking through, and, and there's kind of a simple answer to this, and there's kind of some depth to it. So you might get it right away. Way, but then I promise you it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like pulling back the layers of an onion like there's more to this but I want you to have it right away all right so here's the thought right life is better connected life is better connected and I can prove it to you with one word that half of you in here are just going to get so excited when I even say it because y'all are freaking out about it you ready you ready here we go yeah. football all right Woo! Yeah, y'all are just going nuts. Countdown since like 267 days till blah, 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 blah. All right? Just, just crazy. And some of you in here, you're connected because you're against football. All right? So some of you are like, no. And you just connected with somebody because you're against football. You're like, no, I ain't doing that. Blah, blah, blah. And it's crazy how quickly, like that just, that's a natural thing that we like to do. We like to connect. We like to find people that are our people. You know, we like to look at them and go, yeah, that's my person. That's my peeps. That's my bros. That's my girls. That's my gang. That's my crew. All right, now back to the adults. That's my friends. All right. So th that, that's what's so fun, right? There's a natural thing for us to want to feel connected, to feel connected. And life is better connected. Life is better connected. It absolutely is. Now, what's, what's crazy about that is as quickly as I kind of throw out that idea of being connected, most of us in the room, if we think about being connected to another person outside our direct family, it's a different conversation. I heard a great word this week that says guys kind of struggle in this area naturally. Girls can too. I know it's not just an easy thing. I'm not trying to paint a broad stroke, but I'm just saying naturally, as it, sometimes we just struggle, guys, to just make connections deeper than like football. Yeah, and like go any deeper. And so I heard this definition of what a friend is to a man that's like out of high school for like 10 years. You know what his description of a friend is? Uh, a guy that I knew 10 years ago that I was close to. That's, that's the description of a friend. And it's, as funny as immediately, I was like, oh, that's funny. It also like hurt my heart when I heard it because I was like, oh, that's true. It's so true how life sometimes moves so fast and we desire connections and we want connections, but we kind of settle for shallow ones and we kind of settle for what will get us by for tomorrow and we kind of settle for the football kind of fist bump style connection 
or the Facebook-like connection or the shopping-for-the-deal connection or the parenting current stage of life just survive the day connection. Wink, wink, we made it. And we'd miss something deeper, something bigger about that idea of life being better connected. Life is better connected. So I want to kind of show you and reveal to you what this struggle is really about. And I want to kind of use an illustration that I've heard, and I, I love this illustration. It's so cool. This is the, the idea of verses. So you can choose your friends or choose your connections through uh, interests or versus values. So friends that you choose to interact with with shared interests versus friends that you choose to interact with with shared values. Now, I want you to process this for a little bit. Up on top there with that shared interest, I want you to just put right next to that, just put preferences and comfort. If you're taking notes online on the kingswaymo.info sermon notes, you can put that right in there. Preferences and comfort. If you're taking notes right here on the little old school handheld thing, you know, with paper, it's called paper, you can write that right in there. You can. Uh, Just put preferences and comfort. Isn't that true though, right? Naturally, you just kind of go to the people who just like the same food you do, you're like, oh yeah, I can hang out with them. They like cheeseburgers. I'm good with it. Or how about the people that look the same way, act the same way, talk the same way, do and go to the same places, comfort zone, right? You ever been with somebody and they take you to a restaurant you've never been to? And you're like, this is fun. I'm having so much fun. Glad we went on this double date. This is great. I'm awesome. I'll call you later from my toilet. That's too much information. All right. TMI. Sorry, I'll back it off. So, but that's the thought process, right? We, we naturally connect with people around what our preferences are and what, what naturally is comfortable to us. It's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm just trying to say it is one way to connect. It's one way to connect. Now, the second side of that is the friends with shared values. And this is a whole nother way to connect with people. This is a different form of connections. This is, this is convictions and direction. This is convictions and direction. Convictions and direction. This is something that deep down in you, you're like, no, that's not what we do. It's not what we do. Or that's who we are. Yes, yes. That is what we do. And you've felt this, deep connections. In fact, if you've ever been on a sports team, who's been on a sports team in here? Who's been on, who has played a sport and been on a team? All right, just raise your hand. Don't gate arm it. All right, you're all right. Some of you here are like, oh man, he's going to tear sports apart. I don't want to be in that group. All right, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, if we got a coach in the building, all right, don't raise your hands. I, we'll, you'll get outed. All right, but here's the thing. If you got a coach in the building, coaches don't get the group, the team together and go, look, we all like basketball, so just play harder. Right? No, the coach doesn't do that. What's the coach do? He gets together and go, look, we're about what? What do we value here? Hard work, right? What do we do here? Look, look, look. We are about teamwork and sacrifice. We are about endurance, strength, hard work, right? It's true. Maybe not exactly. It's more like this. We're about, like, but they instill values in the team. They try to get the team to connect around values. 
That's what they're trying to do because they know the value is more, it's stronger, it's a higher quality connection than just saying, hey, you like to dribble? So do I. Like, cool. Like, sounds good. Let's play together. Like, no, that doesn't work. But yet somehow we think that the same thing in our lives isn't true. That we can somehow surround ourselves with people that we're like, you like Chipotle? I do too. Friend for life. Like that, and that's it. And that's all it goes. It's our comfort zone. It's our preferences. And the problem is it doesn't, it doesn't fully reveal what it's like to be connected, to experience full life at a deeper place to share convictions, to share direction, to share values. Now, I'm not just pulling this out of somewhere. You're like, okay, cool. So we haven't mentioned the Bible yet, so I don't have to do this. That's what some of you all are doing. All right, you haven't mentioned the Bible. You haven't mentioned Jesus yet. I don't have to do this yet. Right? We're getting there. <laughs> some of you all here, you aren't even following Jesus yet, and you're like, this dude is making the most sense I've ever heard. He's getting it. All right? Because this is from Jesus. This is something that Jesus brought about. Now, here's, here's the cool way this lines out. Matthew chapter 4, we see the call to two of his friends. Call them disciples, but they were his 12 close friends. And this is the first conversation he kind of has with them that's recorded with two of them in Matthew chapter 4. And I just want to read this to you, and I want you to look at the words that he says, and I want to explain what he says when he says this to you. As Jesus was walking uh, beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the lake, and they were fishermen. So here's the thing. He's just walking along the lake, and there's, a guy out, there's two guys out in the boat. They're just fishing, right? Now, what our connection, look, our connection would be what? Dude, I love to fish. I got a fishing boat. And I throw it, uh, yeah, right there. Get it right there, right? That'd be our natural connection. I don't know why I put a Hick accent on that, but I did. But here's the, like, that would be our natural connection. <laughs> Maybe you're also, Hicks, that's terrible. All right, I'm with you. I'm your crew. But seriously, though, that's our connection, our natural place to go, right? We're like, dude, I love fishing. I love fishing. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's connect. Let's connect. Where does Jesus go with this? This is just crazy. He says this, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out. What? To fish for people. At once they left their nets and what? Does that do you read that real quick? What what is that? Can you imagine right now? Let's just go to Stockton together. Let's just go out to Stockton Lake. Let's pick a boat, all of us together. Come follow us. We will teach you how to fish for people. Yes! Throw everything. Just whoa! Right? Like, you read the Bible sometimes, and it doesn't really come alive until you start going, what in the world is this? What is this? He should have said something like, hey, come with me. I'll, I will teach you how to be the best fisherman ever. And then it would make sense. But there's something deeper going on here. There's something larger. Jesus is inviting them into a new kind of way to live. He's inviting them into a community, into a connection that's bigger. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Boom. Goes the dynamite, right? He's inviting them into something that's bigger. And, and it's, I mean, it is big time, 
big time. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm going to teach you to live in such a way that people will gravitate to you, that you will learn how to be fresh wind, fresh water, fresh bread to the people around. You will literally personify this new kingdom. You will be a community that is the answer, the hope of the world through me. Come and follow me. Now, of course, they didn't hear all that when Jesus said it. They didn't hear all that. You know what they heard? I want to teach you a new way to live. If they knew the whole picture, it makes the decision easy, right? But all they heard was this. Come with me. I want to teach you a new way to live. A new way to live. Now, what makes this even crazier is because Matthew records this in chapter 4, and then 5, 6, 7 are the unfolding of what his disciples, his friends, are being called out to. Now, we don't have time to read all that, but I encourage you, if you want to know what the come follow me looked like, go read Matthew 5, chapters, or chapters, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's, it's crazy. He's like, hey, here's what the new kingdom looks like. Here's what the new kingdom looks like. Here's what the new kingdom looks like. This is what the connection is all about. For some of us in here, we have fallen into a rut. I find myself doing this too. The only connections that I have in my life are my preferences and my comfort that lead to bigger preferences, bigger comforts. And I find the longer I'm on this planet, the the easier it is to kind of just create my boundaries, draw my circle, collect my certain people and limit the possibilities. Greater convictions in a bigger direction. This morning, I just want to ask you, start by this. Jesus is calling each of us to come and follow him, to join a community, to join a group of people that is, that is different. It's a new way to live. And and, and whether you're 75 or you're 25 or you're 12, I promise you, you have not seen the full picture yet. You haven't seen it. And if you've drawn a circle around yourself and pretended you have, that's your problem. That's your choice. But the world is bigger than that circle. It's bigger than your preferences. It's bigger than your comfort zone. And I, I, I want and desire for you the same thing Jesus does. He wants to show you how to live a life that is absolutely better connected. Connected to the fullness of what he has to offer. Connected to the people around you in a different way than just what's preferable or easy. Easy thing to say is this. Values determine the quality and direction of your life. So whatever you are running your life on right now, the operating system of it is your current value system. And whether you are, like I just said, 80 or 10, you have a value system. There is something that is most important in your life, and most things revolve around it. And guess what? If you've been in the same cycles for a while, it's because your values have not been tampered with. For some of you, you're like, that's a good thing. And other times I'm like, is it? 
Because if nothing grows for a while and it stays the same, even if an oak tree is 50 feet tall, but it doesn't change or get leaves or do any kind of growth, we call that dead, even at 50 feet tall. You have to continue to ask the questions, what is God calling? If God is an infinite God of infinite power and he has infinite things to show us, if this world is any example of his power and ability, then how can you believe at 50 or at 40 or at 30 or at 20 or at 100 that you've figured it all out? And if you stay in your preferences and if you stay in your comfort zone and you do not ask the harder questions about what do you really want? What do you really value? What is really important, you will find yourself limiting the full life that you have access to by not connecting yourself to opportunities to see other perspectives, to hear and listen to other people, to find out what's really going on behind the scenes. Maybe there's something more you haven't been exposed to. I'll ask you this. Think about this question. Think about it. What is the answer to that for you? What's your values right now? Is it family? Is it your job? Is it your stomach? I know it's silly, but it's true for me, time to time. Not the food, not the stomach. What is it for you? Morning coffee? Keeping your kids alive? Is it something deeper? Look at me, professionals in here. Is your integrity more important than your success? That's a value system. If your value is success, you might, you might throw integrity at the wayside because the value is success. If your value is being seen as successful, it doesn't matter what you choose to do. What's your value? Is your value being someone that's transparent, being someone that's willing to talk about some of the things that you struggle with? Guess what? You can't do that by pretending. So if your value is to keep a good face, but you want to be transparent, those are two values sitting on each side. And if you never want to hurt someone's feelings, and you never want to talk to someone that you are close to, that they need to change, but you want to love someone, I'm telling you, when you're positioned well to do it with compassion, grace, and truth— There is a way and a value to see that even though it's painful and it's hard, that is a value of love over just not being uncomfortable. There's so many of these. I want you to think and process through this. Where's your value system at? Isn't God good? Look at this. It's the rain. Just love it. We needed it, didn't we? Gosh, he's faithful. I love it. Been praying for it. There it comes. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you just three quick things to convince you to to think about this question and to possibly think about a way that you could connect yourself with a community that shares values. To connect yourself with a group of people that shares values. Here's three quick reasons why seeking connections based on values is a big deal. Three quick reasons, all right? It's not quick up there, but it's going to be quick by me, all right? One is growth. If you want to grow, put yourself next to somebody who makes you uncomfortable. I'm telling you. You know when I grow the most? Having to be patient around people that are impatient. You ever experienced that? You ever been to this Walmart when there's one cashier and they're at five o'clock on a Friday? 
I hate waiting in lines. But when someone else loses their mind, all of a sudden I'm like, I can't do it. Don't lose your mind. Don't lose your mind. They're losing their mind. I am an adult. I'm an adult. I am far, I, I'll get it later. I can't do this. Like, right? But I've never experienced it so much when you're in a community of group of people. Guess what? Everybody doesn't lose their mind. Everybody's being cool. Everybody's playing and nobody's getting impatient. You're over there like, does everybody not see that we should be freaking out right now? Everybody, we should be losing our minds. But no one is. I'm, I'm growing. That's what I'm doing. I am, I am learning. That was what you did as a kid. Right? If you had a decent family at all, they taught you at least some things. I mean, how many boys, how many girls, you worked around a parent, maybe it was a mom or a dad, that worked hard and didn't complain. Worked hard and didn't complain. And now you as an adult, guess what? You can work hard and not complain because it was a value of theirs. You just spent some time around it. And guess what? You got older and you started to realize, you're like, man, I know how to work. I kind of like that. How many, hey, how many moms taught you how to cook something? How many dads in here taught you how to cook something? I had a dad that could grill, and I had a mom that could bake. And I'm telling you, to this day, I still enjoy both those things. And it was just something I watched. And I valued the importance of, hey, you can make a homemade cake for a birthday. It's delicious. doesn't come in a box. Some of you all are like, don't out me. It's okay. But seriously, that's a silly one, but there's so many things. This causes you to grow when you seek communities with values. They challenge you. You challenge them, and it pulls out the best in you. It calls you to something greater. It calls you to something higher. The second one, stumbles. We all fall down. So tells me Batman begins, all right? Why do we fall down, Bruce? So we can pick ourselves back up, Right? There's a lie in a movie, all right? There's a lie. Every time I watch that, I go, no, you fall down, so you need people to help you up, Bruce. Don't go be a vigilante by yourself. Right? Yes, I'm ruining Batman. It's okay. But listen, for us, you need somebody next to you. You need somebody to help you. You need somebody when you have doubts, when you have struggles, when things are not going well. You need somebody that is next to you, that is with you that has got your back, that is thinking about things greater than football. So when you're, not, when you're going through a divorce or something hard, you're not just sitting next to him and going, man, I'm glad the Chiefs are winning. And that's all the conversation is. And so when you're out shopping with your girls or you're out doing something, watching the game, seeing the movie, you're not just interacting about that, but you're actually going a little deeper. You need somebody that recognizes, that listens, and steps in. Can you imagine if you're just walking somewhere? With a group of, just imagine this visually. You're just walking with a group of people and someone just face plants. And everybody just keeps going and goes, man, I just love the Chiefs. And the guy from the ground's like, me too. Like, just visually put that in your head. And that's what we do all the time. It's awful. We're like talking to someone while they're laying on the ground next to us. This is such a good day. Look at the rain. And they're like, I can't breathe. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You need someone that steadies you when your faith is a little shaky. You need somebody in your life that is willing to reach, ask, and to sit and be patient. 
And listen, this is, this is so hard to say, but if you wait till you fall to share values with people around you, to get into a place where you know somebody beyond just talking and sharing the weather, you wait until you fall, it may be too late. You've got to know people. You've got to have that connection before. It's really hard sometimes to have and make a connection when you're hurting. The last time I checked, I didn't make a best friend when I stubbed my toe. I didn't stub my toe and go, wow, what's your name? Nice to meet you. Oh, man, I'm so glad that we... <laughs> no, I'm going, ow, my toe hurts. I don't have time to talk to you. But yet somehow we think that's how we make friends sometimes. We wait until life gets so hard. And things get so dark and then we try because we're desperate. You need connections deeper than interest. The last one is just a saying that I'll just tell you this right now. It's not an if, it's a when. It's not an if, but a when. And this is just the greater level of stumble. All right? Stumble's kind of like a doubt. Stumble's kind of like a hard time. Stumble's, I'm talking, it's not an if, it's a when. I'm talking everyone in this room at some point's going to die. I know that's super morbid to talk about, but I'm telling you, you just need to think about it. Like it's not an if, it's a when. And, and to have people around you, if it's sudden, to have people around you, if it was unexpected, have people that you're connected to, that reach out, that send you, that, that love you, even when you're difficult in those moments. Because listen, people that are rationally hurt and broken, they don't make great decisions sometimes. You need somebody that's connected to you that knows your head's a little off right now, that you're a little scared, that you're a little hurt, that you're not sure exactly what you're doing. You just need people that will step in and be there. This is why sharing values, getting those people around you is a big deal. It's a big deal. And I love that our church and our, our community here has understood that, listen, the roles that Kevin and I fill or the elders fill, we cannot be that connection when an, when an if happens or when a when happens. We can't. We, we will not be enough for you. If you're just like, oh yeah, just get the pastor here. Get the elders here. Listen, we will, we will pray but look, I love our community because 99% of the time when something catastrophic happens and a person is connected well, there's like a meal train going already and there's been 45 prayer requests sent out and there's been three calls and other da 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 and it's like, oh, oh. So I'm just like stepping on everybody's toes. <laughs> it's just like back off. And look, if you're one of the people out here that has had this happen and no one called, nothing happened, not enough follow-up was there. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to try to pretend and say, look, I'm human. We're human. We may have missed, and I am so sorry for that. I really am. I, I long to be there for you. I promise I can't for everybody. I just can't. Jesus took 12, guys. 12, all right? There's more than 12 here. I Quick math, all right? But listen, each of us should have 12, each of us should have some people that we're connected to. That when that goes down, that, that, that we are reached out to. I promise you, there's no greater spiritual bubble up here that like I have, that we have the same Holy Spirit. We have access to the same grace and same love. 
And you need to know that you have a role to play in that because it's not an if, it's a when things happen. And it's not always about you. It's about the person you're sitting next to or the person you know that you need to be connected to for them when they stumble, when it happens to them. I've had this thought going through my head that I want to conclude with that has been just so good for my soul. It's this thought of courage. Um, recently, my, uh, my family, not my family, but my brother's family has had uh, kind of some extended health issues with a relative. And I love what him and his wife do. They do this cool thing where they, they, they talk about courage, talk about finding courage. And I love it's a family thing that they do. I just love it. And so courage is strength found after the battle starts, after the start of the battle. It's strength you didn't have access to or you weren't aware of or you didn't know until you get into the battle, all right? And so to, to say, I need courage, all right? Some of you are in a place right now. You need some courage, all right? Just know, take courage, take it. So here's the cool thing about this word. When I, when I learned that, I went, whoa, so wait a second. What does encourage mean then? Encourage means to place strength inside someone else's battle. Encourage means to place strength inside someone else's battle. Could it really be that simple? That we are placed as a body of Christ, as a community of love, to literally encourage one another to give and offer the strength that we've received to someone else in the midst of their battle. And it's those connections and our values and the depth of those connections that allow that to happen. That in those moments, we listen well. In those moments, we speak with love, not cliches. In those moments, we sit in pain and in mourning and in hurt or we celebrate fully because we're encouraging one another. We're encouraging one another. Thought about that real quick, and then I looked up just a few quick thoughts because I was like, all right, if this is true, is this everywhere? And it is everywhere. I just want you to know that. This thought is just everywhere. I literally went to three of Paul's letters immediately. I was like, all right, I'm just going to see. In Paul's letters to the Corinthian or the, to Colossians, and these are the first three I looked up. I didn't even go any further. I was like, all right, they don't need any more than this. Colossians, Romans, and Ephesians. In the first chapter, the first thing he does is encourage people. Every single time. <laughs> he just goes off. Now, I, I have the full scriptures here. I, I can't read the whole thing. You can't even see that. It's too bright. But they're like huge chunks of encouragement. Like, this is not just like, and be encouraged. And be encouraged. No, like, one of them's eight verses, or no, six verses. One of them's six verses. One of them's five verses. And they're long chunks of stuff. And it just starts for this. Like, hey, I know you've experienced the gospel. And for this reason, you are persecuted. And you've had trials. And I know things are hard because a new value system is hard because you step on the toes of people's preferences and comfort. You're changing the world. You're causing them to rethink things. And that's hard. And so he goes, for this reason, in Colossians, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped 
praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge through the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives so that you may be, have life uh, worthy of God. Please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all the power according to his glorious might. Can you hear this encouragement? That's like a full, I know for some of you, if you are not grew up in church, that's like crazy out there, like pastor preach. But I'm saying like, that's just crazy strength. Like he's just trying to grow that out there going, I want to encourage you. Encourage you. In Ephesians, it sounds so similar. Listen to this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, keeping and asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him, brother. I pray that his eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory and his inheritance. I mean, this is just so cool. Isn't that cool? This isn't a concept that's really difficult. This is just simple placing courage in the midst of someone else's battle. And that only gets to happen when there's shared values. Listen to what Romans, this is one of my favorite. Romans chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. This is what Paul writes, and this is so cool because it's a little bit more we than him just saying it for them. Because Paul's in Rome and he's in a tough spot. And all the churches are encouraging him. And he's trying to encourage them. This is the first chapter. This, look at this. First, I thank my God through Jesus for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son, is my witness on how constantly I am reminded, or I remember you in my prayers all the time. I pray now at last by God's will that you may be open, that, you, that there may be a way open for me to come back to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you the spiritual, uh, the spiritual gifts to make you strong again. And that I may, and we may, mutually Encourage each other's faith. I love that. I, I'm trapped in Rome. I'm actually in chains awaiting trial. And I've gotten all your messages. And I have prayed constantly for you and a way to get home. But I just want you to know, I am so thankful for what you have done. And I cannot wait to get back together because I know mutually where our shared gospel, hope, value system of the new kingdom, we can encourage one another together. We're starting Connect Groups. And yes, unashamedly, this is a giant commercial for Connect Groups. Unashamedly. I'm just not ashamed of it. Because if you haven't been paying attention for longer than like two minutes, you can tell that I'm a little passionate about what I believe this community is supposed to be about, and it is not about cinnamon rolls, coffee, football, though those things are great, all right? Cardinal baseball. It is not about the great deals or the good things that we 
can do to keep comfortable and have our preferences made. This, this is about a community of people that are following the convictions of love that have been passed down by Jesus' sacrifice, that we are under a new Lord, under a new kingdom, and we are following his direction and we are doing it together. Unity, but not uniformly. We are doing it under the same guidelines, but doing it in the ways that we've each been called to our place and with the gifts that we have. And I want to strengthen. I want to, see, I want to see our connections strengthen. I want to see us pull in and, and get those deep connections so that no matter what happens, no matter who's struggling, no matter how painful it gets, we have it. And that is the shared value community that is the highest quality of life to the full. It is a life lived in the reflection of the true community that Jesus meant to live and leave for us. And I want that for you. I want that for you, and I want it for me. I'm still learning how to do this. I'll just tell you flat out, connect groups scare the bugs out of me. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like sitting in a room. I'm an extrovert, and I still stare across the people, and I'm like, they don't want me here. I don't want to be here. Now, they're good brownies. I don't know. That's Okay. That's how it starts sometimes. That's how, that's how it starts. But if you stay in your comfort zone, and if you just play it by your preferences, I promise you won't go there. But if the quality of your life is determined by your values, and the best communities in this community wants to be defined by God's values, Christ's values, promise me you have room to grow. You need to find a place pulls you in, connects you. Because the truth is, guys, life is better connected in that way.